Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Rev here. This weekend, we recorded almost entirely perilous tides because we had gotten a bit behind with the storms and having to cancel some uh, recordings for that and just various other personal things. And uh, part of the issue with doing only perilous tides was that we forgot to do an intro. And uh, I realized just as I got home from the dentist that I didn't have an intro yet. And the episode comes out relatively soon. So... Instead of everybody chattering, you just get me in the sound studio in my house with half a numb face from having a crown done. Just a few reminders before we get into the episode. If you're going to be in the area of Indianapolis during Gen Con weekend, Saturday night, we're going to do a live show over at the Indiana Repertory Theater. You can RSVP for that at thecritshowpodcast.com slash Gen Con. You do not need a Gen Con badge to get in, so if you are in the area but you're not going to be at Gen Con, you're still welcome to join us. Also, we are still making our way towards 456 patrons, at which point we're going to do another Gwip, and Kim is going to lead us through a game of Alice is Missing. So if you are interested in joining our Patreon, or if you're a past member who would like to join again, you can find all of that at patreon.com slash thecritshow. Tiers start at just $1, and that gets you access to the most aggressively welcoming Discord on the internet. And now I'm going to go try to get the other part of my face to work. But it works, just not in tandem with the not-numb half, so it's time to let the recap roll. You remember that the seven of you each had a piece of the jewelry from the set of Willem's Fortune. You're not wearing yours, but you know that was an element of this moment, that there was something in it that made you feel safer, made you feel stronger, and it seems to have come through here and plucked that key item away from this memory you know that was the whole point was to like charge these to connect these to have this bond with everybody to make this work so that being gone from it is pretty disorienting 
The thing that's being concealed here is that it seems to be collecting trinkets from these memories that are crucial to these moments and it is getting strength from them. If you could find moments that it has not taken those items, you could probably take them yourself and get strength in facing it. Oh! You travel through to the next memory and this memory is still moving. It is not frozen like the other ones are. You can feel heavy in the air all of the weight of those emotions of the other memories that were pulled from. You know instinctively it is here. And above you, you hear the sound of something clumping along the hull of the Eye of Horus. Kim, as you are taking in all of these things going on in Tass's mind, you get them in fits and spurts and fragments. Why don't you roll investigate a mystery? Oh, oh God. Okay. Uh, that is a 10. All right, you get a hold two. Uh, I get a hold three, actually, because I can ask what happened here for free. Yes, so the thing that happened here is what Cotton described to you all. The portal opened, and Kredum's demon came through the portal and went into Tass's body. That is the thing that is slowing him down, that has essentially made him catatonic. What can hurt it? So you've seen Tass set out on this hunt. You can tell that he is looking for something. And that gives you the impression that to hurt this thing, to remove it from him, not only does Kredum have to be defeated, but this demon has to be exercised from inside of Tass's mind, and it's something that he has to do through force of will. So on your side, you've got to use force of muscle to get rid of the original host of this demon. Okay, for my last one, what is being concealed here? The thing that is being concealed here is that if you're able to defeat Kredum and head back through the portal, if you close the portal before Tass has expelled this demon, it will stay with him. It will stay in him. And the demons from this world are very different compared to the demons that you are all used to. It will be a corrupting, controlling force trying to take hold whenever it can. You got this, buddy. I believe in you. And as these thoughts radiate out of you towards this vision of tasks that you see moving through these different memories, your vision starts to be pulled away very far down a tunnel, and then there is a flash of white. When your vision clears, you're laying on your back near the trunk full of Tass's explosives, and you have the memories of what you had seen in his mind in the other world. Kim, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, fine. Oh, I'm running to help her up. <laughs> I saw Tass, kind of. What do you mean? Our, our Tass? Yeah, our, our Tass. Is he okay? Uh, so... There's a demon in him, not like from our world, like demons from from this place. And it's connected to Kredum. We need to kill him, which will be the force of strength to get rid of the demon. But Tass has his role in this as well. He's looking through his memories uh, and trying to get the force of will to exercise a demon from his own head. Oh, no. Yeah. Tass has so many demons, I'm surprised there was room for one more. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> burn. Got him from Got across him. dimensions. <laughs> I feel so seen. We'll, re- we'll remember that one. We'll tell him when we when he, we get back. Yeah, he'll, lo- he'll, he'll love, love it. 
Also, when I was uh, sort of peeking in, I, I thought that I felt like the demon kind of like see me for a little bit or like mark me. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not great. But it's it's there, right? It's not yeah, here. It's there. It's fine. I mean, Tassel, kill it and then it can't find you. Yeah, and then we'll just pop back to our world and, you know, sorted. Okay, I wonder if us killing Kredoom will weaken it, will help Tass. Oh, maybe. How does that work? Are the demons here like parasites? Does its host being alive like give it something, make it stronger? I don't know. It seems like they're more like a like a symbiote than a parasite, right? Like they both get something out of it and they're both intertwined then for better or worse. I guess maybe it also depends on what the demon is getting from its host, right? Is it just a place to be? Because if the demons are giving the people power and we sever that connection, the person would be weaker. So maybe the demon will be weaker. Also, if people are making deals with these demons for power and Kredooms is currently with Tass, that might be good news for us. Maybe this Viking uh, won't be as strong as he could be if he had his demon with him. I mean, maybe we'll be helping Tass if we really turn the heat up on this guy. I don't know how it works, but maybe he'll like call his demon back to save his ass. Oh, and yeah. Thus, that will help Tass force it out. Bad news for us, but better news for him. I suppose there's only one way to find out. Kill Kredoom. Do our damnedest. Yeah. Oh, uh, so along the lines of killing Kredoom, if we do that and then go through the portal and close it and the demon is still in Tass, it will possess him. So Tass has also got to do his part before we go through. Oof. Uh, okay. How, is there a way for us to determine when he's done that? We can't just hang out here forever. You said if we close the portal, right? Yeah. So we can go through and leave it open to check on him, which actually kind of... Uh, I was going to kind of wait to talk about this later, but it seems relevant. I'm going to have to keep the portal open when we go back. Um, I got to come back once we're done. Why? Death offered me a deal to free me from death. Ever since I served the death in my world, all these worlds I go to, death can always find me and conscript me. It's, well, it's part of the reason that I haven't left the subterranean lair. I was afraid if I was outside of those defenses that your death or Nash would, would sense me, could force me to work for him. Um, but the death here says that if I collect enough souls, he can break that connection and no death will ever be able to sense me again. Enough souls. How much is enough? Well, by the time we get done here, I'll be down to 97. Jesus. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a lot, but I don't know how else to be safe of this. I mean, I hadn't even considered that you could end up ensnared by... Nash now. That's a great call. Very smart to think about before it became a problem. Yeah, it happened enough times, and then when I heard the story that Nash was your death now, we just haven't had a whole lot of time to sit and chat about theories, but it seems like a pretty good one. But if you do that, I mean, we have to keep going. I mean, I, I know you have your doorknob. You have, you have a way to get back if you want to, but I mean, <laughs> who knows how long you would be gone for? Yeah, I mean, at least now we kind of know that time here seems to work, well, at least faster than Trog's place. Trog's place seems to work pretty linear to your time. So hopefully, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm still going to be gone a while. Yeah. Best case scenario, I'm thinking here it'll take me maybe two years if I got to travel seven, twelve days per soul. How old are you? I don't remember. I kind of lost track back in my home world and then... 
going to all those different places with Rev and time passing differently. And I don't know. But like you said, the defenses in the lair protect you. So if you don't want to do this, you could just keep laying low and it'd be all right. That's no way to live either. Yeah, I mean, your world can't do without a death, I assume. Yeah, we defeat Nash and that goes somewhere else. I mean, maybe that death will be, I don't know what the word is, more... (laughs) Nicer. Yeah, I know that you all said that a big problem with Koshe was that it's the personality of the person that death is in that starts to work on how death operates. I could take my chances and see. I mean, the people that get these abilities, like, they're best suited for it. This was just a terrible accident, really. I mean, this wasn't planned in any capacity for Nash to be death. I think if there ends up being a new death, then, yeah, chances are it could work out a little better. But honestly, I don't think it would be much different from what you experience in other worlds. You're still going to be given the same type of tasks wherever you go because of who you are and what you are. And I know that this isn't exactly what you wanted. And I'm kind of making like a meaningful look at Landara. I don't want (laughs) to get too much into any sort of detail about what I know, but it's, it's meaningful in an understanding way of, I know this is what you chose, but it's not what you wanted. Yeah. This isn't the life you would have picked for yourself if you really had a choice. So if this is a way out for you to be able to do whatever you want to do, yeah, I I understand. I'll have at least a little bit of time to think on it once we go through. He didn't want me to leave, and I convinced him to let me go back but not close the portal. So I could always close it, but I think the deal will be lost. So I got to make that decision before it's closed. This will be like 97 people who have it coming, right? Yeah, no, it's all just like it's been so far. Just like it was on my world. Things, people, creations that are unnatural or shouldn't be here. That's the way it's always been. People who, in a world where magic doesn't exist, have found a way to make themselves immortal or souls and bodies that shouldn't be there. Things like that. I don't get the impression that death is actually going around and collecting folks who just die. My impression so far is that they go to find the things that can't but should. Things that upset the natural order. Unless you want me to, like, I could hang around, and you want me to be, like, Earth's death? I mean, it seems like not what you want, really. No, not we, really, but... You, you'd be good at it, and you brought it up, but... Right, like... <laughs> if, if it's what you want, I was like, yeah, take this out, because it frees you, but, it, like, if you want the job... But, I mean, like, then that would kind of, like, destroy this whole, like, rumspringa, like, going across to different worlds kind of situation yeah, you got going on. Yeah, that's true. But, like, it... Seems like you're going to have to pick a death, right? Or just let it go to someone random? I don't know if we pick it. I mean, if this can be manipulated, but I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be manipulated. And if it isn't, it'll sort itself out. Oh, okay. But there's nothing to say that if you were around, you wouldn't be the pick anyway. Oh. Because it'd probably know you're the best one for the job. But then you're stuck in it. Probably for eternity. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's best if I'm over here. I guess I don't know how long it's going to take. This I'm kind of getting the cart in front of the horse. It's, yeah. You yeah. don't have to sign the contract yet. But I mean, honestly, think on it. If it's something that you think you would want, it's a job you're good at. And if you were in charge of it instead of being ordered, maybe you'd feel different. That's true. I mean, there are sometimes you got like a real shitty job. You're like, if I was boss, this place would... <laughs> Yeah. Then sometimes, though, you 
become boss and you're like, haha, oh, I regret this. Oh, you've all made a mistake. I get this it now. Worse. <laughs> I am power hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you're all on my list. The very top. I mean, Megan's part God and it's worked out mostly okay for her so far. Yeah. And maybe if you take on the job and it's not for you or you decide you want to be free instead, you could pass it on. Can we pass this on? I don't know. Can you? Can we give up the energy of the gods that we have in the way that Tass could pass on the chosen energy if you wanted? Well, that's what we set Selena to figure out, right? I mean, she's definitely looking into finding more information, but I'm just trying to think, has that has that happened at all? I, that someone's given up being a vessel without dying? Sounds like a proper question. And Jeff and Eddie are standing at the bottom of the stairs, just kind of nodding along, chewing on some peanuts and, and listening. <laughs> Who's steering? Edwin's like, oh, and runs up. He's got two ropes that are just out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean style. <laughs> and there is a uh, a signaling whistle from one of the other ships up top. And as everyone gets onto deck, you can see that Jetty is... Uh, is, that, is that a is, mixture of Jeff yeah, and Eddie? <laughs> Jeff, that's Jeff and Eddie's ship Jeff name. Jeff and Eddie's ship name. <laughs> I ship it. That's their ship's Tess name. Is like, oh no! <laughs> I didn't realize I'd done this. I love that we hit that at the same moment of being like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Everybody heard it all at once. Yep. Oh boy! <laughs> Can't believe I've done this. So she signals. They sidle up next to your ship. All right, send over the bat girl. It is about time that we split off from the group. She has a name. So blase about send over the bad girl. (laughs) She knows what's up by now. I'm like, don't take that as a bad thing. In our world, bat girl is a very cool character. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll get Malia set up and ready to go. Yeah, I I think over this week, you know, she's been trying to get to know you all, but she's been very, very weak, very tired, um, but asking a lot of questions, especially of those that she recognized names, those that she knew. Um, while they were still present and or alive. I think at some point during the week with her here and her talking about like, yeah, I've kind of got these powers under control and stuff. I'm going to mention to her the training that her brother has told me about that he's been doing. And like, would you be interested if it fell out in meeting another version of your brother who might be able to help you understand this better? Would that be weird? But there is kind of this weird little central hub where sometimes people can get together. He would probably be happy to to help you. Or she could train herself. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Or you could be taught by another version of yourself. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think she shows a little confusion about that, but some interest for sure. Okay. Before she goes, I, I give her a hug and I tell her, you're going to be great. Give our love to Siobhan and Aiden and as you're working on things and getting Plankton set back together. If you guys want to join the fight at that time, this is where we'll be. And just make sure she has the coordinates for the island we're going to. She hugs you back and accepts this all and disembarks with the other two shoreman ships as they veer off towards Plankton. It's another three days before on the horizon you see the dark spot and understand that that swirling vortex, that veritable eye of a hurricane, is still surrounding a small island in a stationary spot. What's the plan here? I think we should probably ask Dorva, like, what does he know about what we're going to face? Yeah, for sure. You all just gather and 
and grill him here. Yeah. So what do you know about this place? What was the arrangement? What's up with the creature? What can you tell us that's going to help us get through here? We've been here once before, and I had a vision from Kima. She said, free them. Yes, my people are here. This is the hub of our kingdom, Zandora. It is four islands, one central large island, a small mountain with our citadel carved into it where the queen lives and most of our people. The other three islands are around it, much smaller but also hubs of activity for our people. The vortex keeps them in, a massive windstorm that stops our people from leaving. It also stops the Great Father from leaving, a massive beast, we believe, made of the pure evil that plagues the continent to the north and the seas to the south. I know little of what other defenses they have set up save that the Viking resides there with his beasts. He uses them to keep the people docile. It is the fear that the Great Father generates from them that feeds the spell that your Nash has built. So I've been told it is the Viking's beasts that assist in keeping the Father at bay from attacking my people. I do not believe this creature needs to feed, but that feeding on some generates more fear from those that remain. I have not been inside since they have created the vortex around the islands. So they need your people alive and afraid to power the spell? Yes. But they let Garoga take some at a time to increase that fear. They try not to let him eat. He feeds off of their fear. The fear that they generate already is plenty for this spell, but the father wants to feed more and so uses this tactic. So it is the Viking's beasts that attempt to defend my people when necessary. Tell me more about these beasts. I have only seen a few myself. Animalistic things, twisted, unnatural. Things with too many limbs, too many heads, too many eyes. Twisted joints, bones outside of their body. There are few that are vaguely humanoid, but still mostly beast-like. I have seen one that can even fire a cannon. So they have minds. How in the world would we even go about scaring the father off? Like, it seems like... We need him gone, right? That without the beheader and his creatures that he's just going to feed. It is a creature of flesh and blood. I cannot imagine how without many armies, but it is a thing that can be harmed. What kind of stuff we got we could hit it with? So we've got a crate of bombs. We have those tentacles that we took from the thing in the well. Oh, right. The like barbed tentacles. Yes. Really? Like from a kraken? Yeah, yeah. He looks surprised and pleased. I wave my tentacle sword around. Oh. Kind of like this, but spikier. And hopefully a little larger. Yeah, okay. Thank you. We got a lot of them, too. So. What do you have against small things? No, just that this may not do well against the scales of the father, but something larger would certainly... Oh, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, then yes, uh, you certainly have tools to harm this thing. What do you know about Garoga? itself. Uh, it feeds on fear, but has it shown any sort of like preferences or, or uh, actions it repeats? Only that it chases the people across the seas. It came from the west. It has destroyed other civilizations of Seaborn entirely and made many flee. Even many in Zandora are not from Zandora. 
the sorcerers could do little against it with their magics, and so they left us going north to help against the growing evil there. So do we get it to, like, notice us and chase us and throw a bunch of tentacles and grenades off the back at it? I feel like the tentacles, if we could fashion them somehow into something that we maybe attach them to ropes and drag behind our ship... Or uh, a way to manipulate them. Mm. Uh, I think throwing them off like that, that would definitely do damage to it. But if we can manipulate them. Like the gravity mines in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Or like, have you seen a bug's life? Remember where they make the big bird and they make it seem like it's a bird? No. Okay. Well, that... I've seen B movie, but only the one where it speeds up every time says B. Yeah. No. That we one's... need to have downtime for a little bit because there's so much movies and stuff that I just seem to have missed. Yeah, okay, so a bug's life starts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you the tale of the hero Flick. There's okay. Flick, right? <laughs> he's, uh-huh. he's a bug. He's like an ant. And then there are these grasshoppers. He is an ant. He's not like an ant. But he's like an ant. <laughs> oh, like like your mom's sister. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Because Dot is like one of the princesses. And okay. she like really likes him. They're kind of friends. So and then he's con- really okay, into so Julia Louis-Dreyfus. A contraption. We wanna, we're trying to make a contraption. And there's to an, a contra- like okay. an aphid, but it's like... <laughs> It's like a little puppy. It's so cute. It's real. Anyway, they make a big bird. It seems like it's a bird, but it's not a bird. But uh, they can control it like it's a bird. So it's almost indistinguishable from a bird. We do that, make it be like a kraken. Make it like a big kraken without needing to have a kraken. Oh, like make our ship seem like a kraken? Yeah, or or create a, a weapon that Let's us manipulate yeah. these tentacles as if we were a kraken. Like we had kraken arms. Yeah. Which one of us is a mechanical engineer? Who can whip uh, this up? Yeah, that would have. Uh, I was a technician in the past world. Uh, this would have yeah. been great to think about uh, before on, choosing down targets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I caroused. <laughs> I failed to carouse. Instead, I just became afraid of our ally. <laughs> yeah, I'm really just an ideas kind of girl. In the moment. All right, but without the time to make a, a Kraken mech, like the idea of tying off all of these things like on chains or whatever and dragging them behind us. Right. Yeah, like getting him to chase us and then dropping these behind like caltrops. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe we won't have as much manipulation over them, but at least putting them in the water and keeping them connected so we can kind of direct at least where they end up. We can't direct what they do, yeah. but- they're dangerous in themselves. And if we put some of them on ropes so they drag behind us and then others on chains so they hang below us, it'll make it harder for him to like come up behind or underneath us and, and eat us. I mean, and it's not a great idea, but I could even be in the water and if we have ropes or chains that are far enough out, I can somewhat manipulate them. You could be underwater with grenades just let oh, loose. Oh, that's true. Okay. A problem that we haven't considered yet, though. Oh, only one. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one, one for now oh. to bring up. He's stuck in there. So the first thing we need to do is drop this vortex, or else we can't scare him off. He's got nowhere to go. What's keeping him in? Could we just get in? I think is it we... keeping us out? No, the wind would basically help us get in, but we wouldn't be able to get out. So we'd be trapped. Yeah. But they'd be trapped in there with us. We're not trapped in there with them. Yes. Well, no, we are, but also. But again, if the objective is just to upset this thing so that it jumps to an easier target and it runs away. No, right. It's got to have room to run away. I mean, maybe we just scare it enough to get past it. If we can like fight it enough to where it doesn't want to, it's stuck, you know, in the vortex, but it doesn't mean it has to stay with us. It could head out to 
the other end of the vortex. We jump on land, we take out the spell, drop the vortex, and it runs away. I mean, it's a big vortex. I could probably steer us in without having to encounter him. It's just that we have to deal with him in some way. Eventually. Yeah. How does this, like, shake you magic? Why is this still here? Well, we're talking about a central island and three barrier islands. I'm guessing that this is just another version of a spell circle, and one of the effects therein is this vortex. It's probably not tied to the three outside. It's probably tied to the three within. So this might be a matter of getting in and marring some runes again to kill the vortex. It might be that easy if we can find them. Oh, that is an interesting idea. Yeah, now I just want to clarify. I didn't roll anything to know that. This is wild speculation. No, that's a great... Why did I say that? What does that mean? That's a great question, though. It's a question I can try to answer. I think this is a good time to use my... ABC's a piracy book. Okay. Go ahead and roll Unleash a Power. Nine. Can I help? Uh, Yeah, how? Just as a fellow magic user, we're spitballing this magic theory, and like as she's trying to utilize the book, like helping her frame a question, like helping her considering the rules of magic, and like how I've seen the threads work in here, like helping her come up with the best way to consult this book to make it want to work with her. I like that. Thank God. So spend your bond. (laughs) A very forgiving man. (laughs) It's simple enough. It's simple enough. Don't overcomplicate. You did good. It was good. Um, That makes it a 10. So you do still have to choose one uh, exact personal cost or surge out of control. First, I want to ask, what exactly is your question? How do we... Drop the vortex, the V for vortex. And do you want this to exact a personal cost or surge out of control? I think it's got to surge out of control. It's the first time I've used it. All right. So I have sent you a scramble of letters. Oh, my God. That this book has flipped back and forth, showing you all of the letters that contain your answer. And I have sent you a key that will show you how many letters are in each word of the answer. And the words are in that order of the numbers. Good God. And uh, I I think all of you watch as well as the book continues to just flip through and pause at a letter and the letter will glow and then it'll flip to the next and back and forth and back and forth on the same pattern of 40 total letters several times until you've got it. Uh, Yeah. Do you see me pull out parchment and I'm just writing down all the letters as they start glowing uh it's it's not working exactly as i thought it was going to uh the i think it's a i think it's a cipher <gasps> a puzzle it's a puzzle it's all scrambled up i i need a little bit of time to unscramble this megan's got this she's the puzzle queen i'm like i don't understand if it's a puzzle then where are all of the pieces that fit together i got one of the words what is it islands nice okay so i think we're on the right track <laughs> all right well i mean in the meantime we can keep getting closer to this island see if anything looks different or with what we know now, if we can piece anything together on site. Okay, so you travel on for a couple more days, and eventually you are there, the islands ahead with the hurricane winds and vortex surrounding it. All right, I mean, as as we get eyes on this place, I guess I'm thinking, like, with the framework of, could this be a setup for a magic circle? Like, you know, the geography of what we're looking at, or the shape of the vortex, like, trying to figure out how it might be persisting or how it might be set up or if there's anything outside the vortex we need to worry about before we go in. Just like looking for signs of the magic keeping this going and how we might take advantage of it. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and give me a size up. Seven. All right. You get one or you can get an extra if you stick your nose where you shouldn't. 
What strange secrets lie just beneath the surface? Uh, as you, I think, take a little time to take a wide circle around this vortex, you are able to spot the locations of those three islands, and something occurs to you, like seeing the shape of them, seeing the, the essentially the shadow of them. Certainly you're not able to make out a super lot of detail, um, but you are able to gauge how incredibly evenly spaced they are. Like, it it does seem like a perfect setup for, like, a magic circle or a magic spell situation uh, using those islands in some way. So, so that's the easy part, certainly. Uh, another little addition to that is that I don't think you're able to see it much but you are able to see some movement on the islands that seems like it's mostly on the far side. Like, you see almost nothing, almost no one moving around nearer the vortex side, but you're catching little glimpses of what could be large groups moving around closer to the the side that would face the central island. So whatever's going on, the action is innermost on all three of these. Okay. Okay, I got the I got the puzzle. <gasps> she figured it out. I got there. It took a while, but I got there. It took, it took a day at least. <laughs> the nice thing is that it will seem uh, mere moments once it is edited. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know how long that actually took of me sitting here <laughs> trying to hurriedly <laughs> get us going and recording. <laughs> hey, it was an interesting thought. We tried it. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> What's our wisdom? Destroy one of the runes on the small islands. Basically what we thought, exactly what we thought. <laughs> okay, but now we know for sure. Yeah, but it's nice to have that confirmation. So we know for certain we're going into the vortex. Are we going in trying to avoid Garoga and get this storm knocked out first? Or should we go in ready for the fight? Do we all need to go into Scar it? Could we send in a couple people and then have the ship ready to get Garoga's attention as soon as the storm is down? We certainly could. Yeah, I could swim in easily. I guess the problem is I don't know if he's just on the other side. And if he sees me, getting away could be difficult. I mean, he's got three islands to go around. So if we time it so that he's on, like, one of the far islands. My concern is that if we take the ship in, we might run the ship aground when we need to be fighting Garoga because of the vortex. Yeah, we'll time it out so the next time he passes on his loop, we'll go in. And then we can just hit that nearest island, find those runes, scuff one of them up. While we're in there, Kim and Landara can be out here getting the barbs ready, getting ready to bait them out and scare them off. Respectfully, I'm really nervous at the thought of the two of you going in by yourselves. I mean, not that I don't really know what a sword and a gun would do if you all came across Garoga or one of the Vikings beasts, but... I mean, she's the mermaid and he knows the magic. I'm also very nimble and sneaky. I wiggle my fingers. Yeah, but you're not great in the water. He's small enough to hold on to her. <laughs> What's your alternative? Well, I go with her. I mean, that's fair. You'll recognize a magic rune when you see it, since all we need to do is fuck them up. No specialty knowledge really necessary. Okay, how about we give it a, you know, time limit? Because maybe something's waiting for us. I mean, you know, we just have to go in and mar the runes. I think it's a very possible that they're protected in themselves on these small islands. So if something happens to us, I guess what, the backup plan is just the other people to sail the ship in and cause a diversion? Yeah. Okay, how how long do we want to wait? Tasks from looking at these islands on the edges and the scope of them, like how long would it take to traverse one on foot? 
ballpark? Not very long. Like each of these islands is just on its own is about the size of the whole ass village at Whistler's Cove. Like, so these outer islands are very small. So like, yeah, again, that whole island is probably about the size of the village alone that you had been at at Whistler's Cove. So like 15 minutes, like that would be enough to walk this place looking for these runes. And if they're unguarded, deal with them. And if they are guarded, then it'll take more than 15 minutes and we can be in and on our way. If you run into anything, I mean, we can't see very clearly, but we can see a little bit through the vortex. So if you make a big enough signal, we can probably catch it. I want to take a couple of uh, the grenades that Tass left us and put them in my bag. Okay. You should be able to see this. All right. Good luck. We'll do a little bit of tinkering while you're gone. You ready? Yep. Okay. Hold on tight. All right. So Megan's leading the charge here. I think you need to roll a break in. Five. You approach the swirling vortex of clouds and ocean. The closer you get, the more tumultuous the water gets. It is a literal vortex as well as this hurricane-like cloud that surrounds this grouping of islands. It gets more and more difficult to know for sure exactly where you are, how you're oriented against this place. But this close, there's no mistaking when you see the massive form of Father Garoga ahead of you in this churning water. So you're able to wait a moment as you get closer until it starts to pass. But as you approach what you know is the edge of this vortex, you're swept up, spun around, disoriented. There's an odd calm as you're thrown through. You feel this pulse of magic knowing that you are now inside the vortex, still spinning, disoriented. Ahead of you, you see the dark form of what has to be Garoga moving further away, and you're certain you've timed this at least well enough to know that he is not an imminent threat as you pop up to make sure that Kim has enough air. Not 20 yards away is the beach of one of the small islands. On it, several dozen seaborn look out at you in utter confusion at these new forms that have popped up out of the water. There's a large hill that makes up most of this small island with lots of huts, living quarters, and atop the hill, a low stone building swarming in horrific figures. One of them turns as well to see you in the water, and there's a horrific shriek as the forms move down the beach. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? 
That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title. Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom, who wants to read my 5,000-word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kissed? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, I would have made friends, and I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But this way, I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.